0: Good afternoon, everyone. This Revelation 22 is the last passage, the last chapter of the the Bible. Uh, As a season finale, it's it's where everything makes sense. So, it needs this kind of stage. I thought. Um, No, we we're going. It's so rich, rich the passage that I've asked uh, Krista to read it uh, alongside with me, uh, so I can um, I can hopefully preach it in a more clearly way. So we're going to read it this week and I, uh, because it's such a great passage, we're going to read it in a different way. So uh, Chris is going to read a portion and I'll, I'll respond homiletically to it. So
1: Revelation 22. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. and they will reign forever and ever. The angel said to me, These words are trustworthy and true.
0: The biggest hope of my life is to see the face of God. Let me tell you three things about this hope. First, nothing that I might think, imagine, or strive for can compare to this glorious hope. Second, I am utterly incapable of achieving what I am hoping for. Seeing the face of God can only be received as a gift. It is only through grace. Three, this hope is not mine alone. It is yours, too. The enthronement of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, gives meaning to all human history. This act, the enthronement of the Lamb of God, brings healing to the nations. And all nations need healing. Let me put it another way. Jesus Christ's birth among the lowly, the way He treated children, women, the marginalized, His acts of salvation, His death, and His resurrection happened in real history, and are, in fact, the purpose and the very meaning, the full meaning, of history. The Lamb on the throne gives meaning and purpose to history, but to the whole, but also to the whole of creation. On that day, on that day, brothers and sisters, we won't lack anything. God's presence will fill everything. In the passage of the book of Revelation that we just read, John's best way, and John is the author of the book, John's best way of explaining this is by saying that we won't even need the sun because the Lord God will give us light, will be our light. In the previous chapter of the book, which is the, uh, of Revelation, John went as far as saying that in God's presence, there is no longer any need for a sanctuary of any kind, because his presence fills everything. Can you imagine that? We won't need to download or stream worship, but there's more. We won't even need a sanctuary.
1: The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in this scroll.
0: When the Lord comes, we won't need a sanctuary. But that should not stop us from working and dreaming of a renovated place, over there, where we shall meet to worship. Of course not. Keeping the words of the prophecy faithfully in our day-to-day lives means that, as a Church, we should dream, dream of and strive for a building where the vulnerable feel at home, where they can find true friendship, where they can find opportunities, ideas, motivation, and a space for experiencing transformation God's transformation in all areas of their lives. A place where children can have fun, where musicians can move us to tears, where broken families can find hope again, where seniors can be honored and loved. When Jesus comes back, we won't need a building, but that doesn't cancel today's needs and hopes. The opposite is true. The hope and longing for Jesus' return gives meaning to our work and to all of our other hopes as we live. So what are our hopes for our families? What are our hopes for our Church? What are our hopes for our neighborhood or the neighborhoods where we live? Hope is not an abstract concept. Hope is made of the ordinary, everyday life. We practice hope as we prepare breakfast at home. We practice hope as we encourage each other. We practice hope as we go to work or stay at home for work. As we prepare lessons, as we practice and sing songs of worship, We practice hope as we volunteer, as we pray, as we set up tents and tables and extend Christ's hospitality here in the downtown. Because our ultimate hope is seeing the face of God, we can hope and work with others so that Vancouver will never be known as North America's capital of Asian hate. Because our ultimate hope is seeing the face of God, we can hope and work with others to make this city more affordable. We can hope and work with others to care for creation, to care for creation as a garden, the way our friend Peter cares for his flowers and brings them most of the year to us that type of care.
1: I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, don't do that. I am a fellow servant with you and with your fellow prophets, and with all who keep the words of this scroll, worship God. Then he told me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this scroll, because the time is near. Let the one who does wrong continue doing wrong. Let the vile person continue to be vile. Let the one who does right continue to do right, and let the holy person continue to be holy.
0: This to me is the most surprising part of the passage. We are reading again, the last chapter of the last book in the Bible. This is how the story ends. Throughout the biblical story, We have seen how, since the beginning, we as humans have been quick to worship many things, many people, including ourselves, instead of God. How can it be that at the very end of the story, at the end of history, John, who had the amazing privilege to see this vision, who got to see God's plan and purposes, not only for the Church, but for humanity and creation, how can it be that he reacts by wanting to worship something other than God? You see, friends, at the end of history, it is not humanity's knowledge, technology, wokeness that brings salvation. At the end of history we still need to be reminded worship God alone. But let's not focus just on the end or the very end of history. Let's bring this angelic encounter, this angelic voice to our everyday lives. We should not be too quick to judge Joan because each one of us is also prone to worshiping things other than God. At this point, the focus is not on the wicked things we are prone to do or to be. You see, the angel that comes to Joan is a good and awesome creature who serves the purposes of God serves the will of God. Given this goodness and awesomeness, we can understand John's reaction, but the angel is not meant to be worshipped. I invite you to pay attention to the good things, good people, good motivations, good anything that we have allowed to take the place of God. We have allowed for those things to take the place of God. It could be our education, our experience, our gifts or talents, our um, intellect, our achievements, our friendships, our connections, our sense of vocation. If they secure our identity apart from God, if they lead us to trample over our neighbor, if they become the focus of our life, then we are worshiping those things as idols. And we need to hear the voice of the angels saying, don't do that. Worship God. Now, the next part of the, of the passage was also very difficult. Um, it had me. It had me thinking for many days and I have to confess that uh, none of the commentaries that I read helped me understand these words better. Do not seal the words of the prophecy because the end is near, okay, but this part, let the one who does wrong continue to do wrong, let the vile person continue to be vile, let the one who does right continue to do right, and let the holy person continue to be holy. It's hard to understand that. But as I was serving with street ministries um, recently, I ran into someone who made me understand these words a little bit better. Let me tell you a story of hope. I don't need to tell you that 2020, 2021 have been massively difficult years. The risks and the unknowns of the pandemic have made relationships more difficult. Anxiety, insomnia, and depression have also been on the rise and taken their toll on us. The neighbors we serve at street ministries are no different, but imagine having to cope with all these things with the added pressure of poverty. As we serve the meals, and from the bottom of my heart, I wanna say thank you to the 50 plus volunteers from this church, from our church that have served at Street Ministries throughout the year, thank you. But as we serve the meals, I get the opportunity to catch up with some of our guests. And some of them are willing and comfortable talking with me and some of them are not. And that's okay. One of them, uh, I'm going to change his name. um, I call him Rob. Rob is one of the regulars, and he's almost always one of the first ones to arrive. On Tuesday, he was in pain. So I went to talk to him. And after he shared about his pain, he told me, like every Tuesday, I had two options—stay in my room, staring at the roof, and go crazy, or I could come and be here and see people. I don't know how I managed to get out of my room, but I'm glad I'm, I'm here because I could end up crazy in my room. I had to make the most out of the day, he said. And when he told me that, I realized that I see him so regularly that I simply took his presence for granted in the lineup. And I was moved by the Spirit to respect him to express my respect to him. Um, And I told him, I'm glad you came. Keep doing that. Keep coming. It's always good seeing you. See, in this portion, we're encouraged to make the most out of the day, like Rob. Rob's tenacity was and is a lesson for me. For some people, it's a struggle to come to dinner. For some others, the struggle is to raise a family while keeping sane. For others, the struggle is to adapt to a new country. For others, the struggle is to forgive. For others, the struggle is to ask for forgiveness. So let us make the most out of the days we have. History has a destination point, so let's keep striving for holiness.
1: Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magical arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I Jesus have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star
0: To some portions of scripture the only appropriate response is prayer So let me pray my let me respond in prayer Lord Jesus, you are holy and we are not. Lord, will you clean our lives from the things that do not bring you glory? Forgive us for the ways we use our minds, our hearts, our bodies that have damaged ourselves, our neighbors, or your creation. You, Alpha and Omega, are the meaning of all history. You, Alpha and Omega, are the first word and the last word of our stories.
1: The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. Let the one who is thirsty, Come and let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life.
0: The Book of Revelation gives us the last words about the purpose of church in history. The Spirit and the bride that is you, the church, say, come. The longing And the hope for Jesus' return gives meaning to all other hopes that we might have. Let this core hope of our existence sanctify everything that we do. The way we raise our children, the way we seek intimacy and love, the way we look after each other, the way we strive for beauty in and around us, the way we enjoy and look after creation, the way we participate in the life of our city, the way we work for reconciliation in this land. When Jesus walked on the road and towns of Palestine, he invited men and women to follow him saying, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. At the end of history, Those who have recognized their own spiritual thirst hear the invitation again. Will you partake of this last offer cup?
1: I warn everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this scroll. If anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. And if anyone takes words away from this scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this scroll. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon.
0: Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen.
1: You've been listening to the First Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. For more sermons and information about our church's services and programs, please visit firstbc.org.